Amidst arguably tense border situations between India and China, a recent study by US company named Recorded Future published on 1st March claimed that last year's massive power outage in Mumbai, which grounded the entire city for nearly 24 hours in October amid a pandemic no less, was a result of an alleged cyber attack by a Chinese state-backed hacking group. This story was first reported by the New York Times on 1st March. According to the study, recorded future from mid-2020 observed a large increase in targeted cyber intrusions against critical Indian civil infrastructure organizations from Chinese state-sponsored groups. While the report has given some evidence of the Chinese malware intrusions in India, it has stated that the link between the power outage and the intrusions remain substantiated. While the center has stated that there has been no evidence of a possible Chinese involvement, the Maharashtra government has launched an inquiry into the issue. China on the other hand has denied the comments of it trying to bully India and has also stated that such claims were irresponsible. So in today's episode we'll discuss how vulnerable is India's critical infrastructure to cyber attacks from foreign threat actors and also what would be the perceived benefit of attacking India's civil infrastructure. For today's episode we spoke to Mr. Jayadeva Ranade who is the president of the Center for China Analysis and Strategy and Mr. Vineet Kumar president of the Cyber Peace Foundation. Get tuned in to the big story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Emmat. So, what does the report claim? The report has been tracking a large scale of attempts since mid 2020 of a Chinese state-backed hacker group called Red Echo. The report has identified 21 IP addresses which belong to the servers. of 10 different indian organizations in the power generation and transmission sector and also two organizations in the maritime sector these power organizations include the load dispatch centers for western india telangana south india and also delhi which according to the report are responsible for real time operation of india's power grid but is there any substantial evidence of foreign malware or intrusion in the network the answer is yes Now there was no immediate response from the state government or the center on what caused the power fail in Mumbai. However, the NYT report and the study by Recorded Future prompted a statement by Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh on 1st March, who stated that there was a suspicion that an unidentified foreign agency has attempted to hack Mumbai's electrical infrastructure. The minister's statement further read that an inquiry into the matter was filed with Maharashtra Cyber Police Wing, who found three things. First, that 14 trojan horses which is a kind of a malware may have been introduced into the state's electrical board server system second that 8 gb of unaccounted data may have been transferred into the electricity board server from a foreign server and third evidence of attempts being made by blacklisted ip addresses into the electrical board servers however the cyber police's report findings are currently preliminary and that they can't say who is behind the intrusion at this point of time So the bigger question is how vulnerable is India's critical infrastructure to cyber attacks from foreign threat actors here is Vineet Kumar president of the Cyber Peace Foundation with the answer critical infrastructures were designed keeping safety in mind but not security hence they are vulnerable for malicious attacks by highly motivated state actors further these systems are developed decades back with legacy protocols and legacy devices working on clear text communication The only protection these systems had was air gap but with growing digitization the so called air gap is also breached hence these systems are vulnerable to cyber attacks 
Although Kundakulam was a slightly different case where an infiltration was restricted to IT and enterprise level, but through our project eKavach, wherein we have deployed sensors across India, these sensors are also emulating different kind of critical installation like uh, uh, oil refinery, uh, like a hospital or healthcare facility. What we have seen in the recent times, especially from November 2020 till February 17, an increase in the number of attacks. There is a, an increase in the number of attacks on these sensors that clearly shows the interest of the foreign nations in our critical infrastructure. So what would be the perceived benefit of attacking India's civil infrastructure by China, given the Gulf border conflict and also that if they were discovered, it would provoke a retaliation by India? According to Mr. Jayadeva Ranadi, who is the president for the Center for China Analysis and Strategy, a cyber attack could be part of China's playbook to weaken public resolve and will of the targeted nation. Uh, cyber attacks <clears throat> give the perpetrator of the attack the benefits of speed, of um, stealth, uh, and of course, uh, doubt, which uh, always persists in these cases. One can never be 100% sure unless the attacker has been uh, slipshod about uh, the methodology that he uses. Mm. Uh, so uh, that is certainly uh, the case. Uh, in the present context, as you have said, when there is already tension along the borders, when there's already military confrontation, then why such cyber attacks? I think, as I said, that's a valid question. It is being done by the Chinese uh, and they, it is part of their playbook to weaken public resolve, to weaken the public will so that the people, when they're inconvenienced, when they suddenly find no electricity, the train stopping, etc., then uh, they will apply pressure on their government to settle the issue, settle the confrontation and uh, sort it out, thereby yielding ground to China, uh, which need not have to go to war. In the present instance, we have seen a display of very strong political resolve and very strong military resolve. So uh, this is a, a weapon that the Chinese could use to, uh, you can imagine, uh, if uh, suddenly the internet were down or suddenly the local trains in Bombay stopped functioning or, um, you know, their signal systeming, uh, signaling system went haywire, you can imagine mm -hmm. the chaos that would happen. And that is what uh, the Chinese could do. They've got a large number of uh, hackers and cyber specialists who have been targeting India for quite some years. And I've followed it for a while. And, um, uh, you know, uh, they have been identifying certain computers whom they would target, not only in India, but elsewhere. They've been targeting our electricity networks. They've been targeting the railway stations. So these have all, to my mind, been signs of the vulnerable areas that they plan to target as and when the need arises. As stated earlier, the center has publicly stated that while there has been no evidence of a possible Chinese involvement, there have been attempts to hack the cyber systems. In a statement to CNN News 18 on 1st March, Union Power Minister R.K. Singh stated, and I quote, As far as the Chinese hand is concerned, we don't have any evidence of a Chinese hand in the Mumbai incident. But there were some cyber attacks or some hacking attempts at some of our load dispatch centers in November. Our teams got wise to the attacks and they informed our centers those centers carried out the audit. Now, publicly naming countries accused of cyber attacks is unlikely to shame them into stopping, as has been evident by Russia's attack on power grids of Ukraine and the United States. Though it would be a major step towards deterrence by India, I asked Mr. Ranade if India took the right step by not naming China in the initial findings. Here is Mr. Ranade weighing in. Well, uh, as I said, 
anonymity is something that the cyber attacker uh, gets and benefits from in addition to stealth. So uh, it's difficult to say with 100% accuracy that X did it, you know, or that Y country did it. Uh, that is the benefit that the attacker gets. But um, there are other measures that can be taken. For example, if uh, India is fairly convinced that it, the, the source of the attack is uh, China, uh, and we can be reasonably sure uh, if our experts so uh, point in that direction, then it can be conveyed to the Chinese that we are reasonably sure that you've done it or we are sure that you've done it and uh, impose punitive uh, costs on them by way of uh, announcing a decision that they're not going to allow Chinese companies to participate in our telecommunication sector by, allowing, by uh, deciding that all imports of IT components from China, particularly the crypt critical ones, will be stopped. Things like that can be taken and uh, they will impose an economic cost. The United States, for example, when the Chinese lifted the entire database of US government employees from US computers yes, um, for, uh, uh, I think, about 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then placed it back, mm. the United States at that time um, uh, warned the Chinese that uh, you know they will they will view such attacks and such actions as acts of war, and uh, just around that time, the Chinese had also disabled uh, an electricity uh, power plant uh, of the Americans in the Midwest, and uh, prompting the Americans to uh, make uh, take this decision. Uh, so uh, there are steps that countries can take. I would not advise going that far, but certainly uh, the economic measures that I have said in the first instance can be applied. As I said earlier, investigations into the cyber attacks are still ongoing. And we will only know in the future if Mumbai's power outage was an act by a foreign power or just the usual glitch in the system. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 